Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to Wrestling Days Review. Uh, we are reviewing the go-home show for Clash at the Castle, WWE Smackdown. Of course, this was a recorded Smackdown. Spoilers were out there. I did manage to sort of avoid the spoilers. I saw a few things, got sent a few things. Um, I knew there wasn't really anything monumental on this show. Um, hard, isn't it, really? Because if you do anything monumental, it's going to get spoiled. I mean, this had been taped a week in advance. I do think there was something on this show, though, that was interesting and something that never got out uh, that was interesting. And we will get to that. Um, so certainly not a complete waste of time, but uh, I didn't really go into it with high expectations. And uh, I would say that this felt... Yeah, certainly like a step down from normal, but I can understand why. I think we can all understand why. Uh, as we said, it's go home. It's pre-taped and uh, it's all about Clash at the Castle at this point. All about Clash at the Castle. I'm going to say right now what I said on stream, what I've said in a separate video. If you are going to Clash at the Castle, have a great time. Have fun. Make the most of it. We've waited 30 years here in the UK Right. But make yourselves heard, make noise as well. I really hope it's an electric crowd. I really hope that it's one of those crowds that just people take notice of and uh, really go and have a good time chanting away, making themselves heard. I don't I don't care who they cheer. I don't care who they boo. I just hope there's noise because I think it's so important. We've just gone through a pandemic. We've just gone through. Uh, a long period of time where we haven't had crowds. Some of the crowds we've had since have been a bit hit and miss. UK crowds have got a reputation for always delivering, for always bringing an atmosphere. Um, we just saw in the UFC, actually, that the crowd was so explosive, so vibrant, that UFC turned around and went, we are coming back. And they actually did a second show in London that they didn't have planned because the crowds were so vocal. They were so passionate. It was such a wonderful event. Um, and there was so much energy and enthusiasm that uh, the UFC were like, we're coming back. And they, they came back like within the same year. Now, WWE won't come back in the same year, but it would be nice to not wait 30 years. Like it would be nice to have... Uh, these shows on a more regular basis. I don't know if every year is possible, but even if it's not every year, even if it's every few years, even if it's every five years, that's still better than every 30. So yeah, I hope if you are going, you have a fantastic time. I hope the show delivers. I'm sure it will. The card looks great. Uh, I think like there's nothing there that's filler. You've got, obviously, Roman's uh, titles looking in bigger trouble than they've ever been in. Gunther against Sheamus is going to be fire. I mean, that match could be just... That could just steal the whole weekend out of every match we see. And there's a lot of wrestling this weekend as well. So, yeah, we are going to get into the SmackDown review. But, um, yeah, I mean, undoubtedly, I'd imagine a large part of this is going to be us talking about Clash and uh, predictions and final rumors, final thoughts, all of that stuff. Um, but let's get into it. The show, SmackDown, started with uh, this. It was really weird. I can't remember a show starting like this before. We actually had the front of a Viking longboat and water on screen. And then, like, they moved the camera around so it felt like you was on a boat. Like, the, the way they started this show, they really tried to use the Titantron... And, um, uh, you know, some staging as well. They actually made the front of a Viking longboat and they slapped it onto the ring. They tried in a way to turn the ring into a Viking longboat by having that extra piece at the front. Uh, and then also put in shields on the side. So really weird, really weird. And uh, a bit disorientating at first. I was like, well, what, what is going on? It, it certainly grabbed my attention, if that's what they were trying to do. It definitely achieved that. Um, dare I say a little bit Vince McMahon, a little bit 
miracle on 34th street fight kind of a feel you know those halloween street fights where there's pumpkins everywhere and we get that like pretty much every halloween um or if it's independence day you know you've got flags and things everywhere like it was a little bit vince mcmahon maybe a little bit gimmicky but certainly grabbed my attention so uh, we saw the front of this extra staging they put water and sea on the screen. And in fact, I think even the screens around ringside had water on them all throughout the match. Uh, they really did try, as I said, to make the ring feel like a Viking longboat. Um, and you can see the extra piece if you are watching on YouTube. I know uh, quite a few people have started now getting more and more people contacting me saying that they're really enjoying these being uh, podcasts and being on Stitcher and Spotify. And you can listen to them that way. Uh, if you are listening to him, that's awesome. Shout out to you. Uh, but if you do watch it on YouTube, we do have the images as well. And the image we've got right now is that extra piece that was added to the ring uh, to make it look like a Viking longboat. And um, it's quite the quite the thing to just go out and make for a go home, isn't it really? But, uh, you know, they used it and uh, they would use it during the match as well. There was plenty of times where they were like jumping off it. Uh, they even um, hurl Xavier through tables at the end. And we will get to that. Uh, this is what the ring looked like. So you can see there's uh, flags in all the four corners, just down the two sides, not all the way around, just down the two sides are shields that were attached to the bottom ropes. So um, it did look, at first I thought they were just balancing, but if you actually look at the back of the shields far away, you can see a couple of like uh, straps, a couple of like things that hook them to the bottom rope. So uh, yeah, they were actually attached. But uh, yeah, you know, it was, as I said, maybe a little bit gimmicky, but um, it, was, it was pretty fun. It was a pretty all right match. There was uh, plenty of like high spots and whatever in here to grab people's attention. This took up like the first quarter of the show. We went straight into this. And um, as we said, lots of action, lots of things happening. We even go uh, into the crowd. Lovely kind of like cross body uh, by Ivar. I think this was onto, I think it was Xavier, who was uh, slumped against the barricades. But uh, we were going everywhere. We were on the outside of the ring. We were in the crowds. We were uh, on the entrance ramp. Uh, there was loads of weapons and things that were being used. I think really the the biggest problem I had with it was that there was a lot being done and there wasn't really much in the way of selling. Uh, for example, there's this moment here where Xavier comes down off the top turnbuckle with a, a mallet. He's got a mallet and he absolutely smashes it over the head of uh, Eric, I believe. Eric goes down. To me, that's just, he's done. I mean, he's just been smashed with this mallet. The only thing I would say is that the mallet does seemingly destroy, which makes me believe it was probably just a plastic mallet. But either way, the visual of um, Kofi coming down and smashing him round the head with this mallet, it was quite the visual. Uh, for that to get a two count, I don't know. I was kind of, uh, I don't know. I was just kind of a bit surprised that wasn't the end. But uh, there was a few moments like that. You know, we had like shields being used, mallets being used, tables being used. We would finally get to the end uh, and it would be Xavier being driven through two tables, one stacked on top of the other. Uh, he would get planted through those um, and then that would result in the one, two, three. So it was all right. I wasn't crazy about this. It was fine. Uh, it's uh, opened up the show. And to be honest, I think it killed time. I think it killed time. You've got to remember that this SmackDown was recorded straight after uh, the other SmackDown, which means that we were relying on people uh, here that maybe hadn't wrestled last week. Hence why I think we get a lot of debuts on this show. Uh, we get, obviously, the debut of Carrion. We get the debut of Maximum Male Models. Uh, we see Hit Row in the ring. They weren't in the ring last week. Uh, they were involved in a backstage segment. So I think we were trying to take time out of this show. We were trying to use debuts. We were trying to not, like, you know, have people having to work two matches in a row. Um, like, you know, and so as a result, I think this probably carried quite a bit of the weight of the show. 
But it was fine. It was all right. Uh, we then go to our first Roman Reigns segment. There was uh, three or four of these. I haven't got images out of all of them, but got images out of some. Uh, this one, part one, The Rain Begins, just really takes a look. Obviously, we're building towards the end of the show. The title, two-year title celebration of Roman Reigns. Um, and, uh, you know, this was The Rain Begins, and we just saw him being victorious at Payback, and then uh, going on to defend that title, and they were just listing through some of the opponents. It was nice. I mean, it, it's a good way of building up to the main event and just making that final segment even more important. So I liked it. Uh, we even saw backstage the master of ceremonies, uh, Sami Zayn, and uh, he was just talking to the Usos. Uh, Jay said, oh, so you can throw a party, but you can't help me against your boy Kevin Owens, KO. And Sammy's like, look, guys, you know, just I, it's complicated, but I'm here. I can do this. I'm, you know, and uh, we were just setting the scene, basically. Jimmy was on board. Jay, no, wasn't. Not really. He's never been on board with Sammy. And uh, that's the dynamic. And it's a really interesting dynamic. It's really interesting that one of the Usos is like on Sammy's side. The other one doesn't want to know him. And uh, it really plays out for some really fun moments. I wouldn't say that Sammy carried... This show, he has carried other shows. He's been brilliant. He's been the best part of other shows. I don't know that he was the best part this week. He he did have something to work with, but not loads, actually. Not loads. This master of ceremony thing. I, I wonder if they could have got more out of it. I wonder if he could have had some really bad... He could have done, gone down a list of really bad ideas of things he wanted to do that could have really wound Jey Uso up. Uh, and like maybe you could have got a bit more out of him being the master of ceremonies. But uh, again, it was all right. It served its purpose and uh, we uh, moved on. We went then to a face to face between Shayna and Liv. Liv was very focused here. Shayna was saying what she was going to do to Liv. She's going to break every bone in her body, rip her limbs off, all of this. Liv just stepped forward and said, I'm not scared of you. Um, you know, I'm not scared. If anything, I'm going to... Uh, uh, make you submit. Uh, I think she said that Liv purposely said she wasn't going to tap out. Um, I didn't know if that was a bit of a reference to last time when she did. But uh, she said, I'm not tapping out this time or something like that. I'm not tapping out. And uh, said that she was actually going to make uh, Shayna Baszler quit. So I don't know. I feel like Liv's definitely keeping her belt. Um, I personally would love it to go on to Shayna Baszler. I think Shayna was really, really good in NXT as the women's champion. She's very credible. She's someone that's never reached those heights on the main roster. Um, she's been booked awfully. I've got to think under Triple H, she'll be booked better. And to be honest, there's probably an outside chance that she does win tomorrow. An outside chance. I think the favorite is Liv. But if you want an outside bet, if you really want to go for an underdog, Shayna could be that person because... I think Triple H really rates Shayna Baszler. She's one of the longest reigning uh, women's champions in NXT history. He sees it in her. He believes in her. She was his champion in NXT for a long, long time. I think he knows that she has not been booked properly on the main roster. And he this is one of his first opportunities to correct that. This is one of his first opportunities to go in a different direction and actually put this belt on someone that he believes in. So there's maybe an outside chance that is what he's thinking of doing. I say it's outside because Liv has only just really had the title. I think uh, to take it off her now would be quite short. Um, it'd be a short reign. I don't think that's a problem. I really don't. I think I've been very vocal about this, but I think that her run has been botched. I think she absolutely deserves to be a women's champion. I just think I would just get it off her now. I would get it off her um, and then I would rebuild her and uh, get the belt back on her further down the road. I've had this conversation before and a lot of Liv fans have said they're worried that she'll never get it back. But I can only tell you what I would do if I was booking. She would get it back. But um, I think that we've got to say it's more likely she keeps it. More likely she keeps it then loses it. But uh, this, there's enough here to make this interesting. I don't think this is so one-sided that it's like predictable and completely boring. 
I expect Liv to retain. I There's a chance Ronda gets involved. But do you know what else is interesting? Ronda is angry because she feels she won at SummerSlam. So in Ronda's mind, that's her title. That title that Liv has got is rightfully Ronda's. How is she going to feel if Shayna wins that belt? If Shayna wins the belt, is she going to be pleased for her friend? And is she going to then go, do you know what? This is your time. I'm going to back away. Or does that force them into a collision? Like Rhonda believes she is the rightful person that should have that belt. The only problem now is that belt is on her best friend. So it really would put Rhonda in quite an interesting position. What does Rhonda do? Friendly competition. Let's see who's the best. Let's do a match kind of a thing. I'd imagine it would go that way. I don't know that's the story they want to tell, but it's an interesting dynamic. But I think more than likely uh, Lib's going to uh, retain. Certainly that was my uh, prediction for the official predictions. But uh, interesting. Uh, the, this is not a match that I think is so one-sided I'm just not interested in. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they book this. Uh, then we got another Roman uh, segment. This is called Roman Reigns Main Event. I don't know why he's always been in the main event pretty much, but uh, we were just seeing him main eventing. So we saw him winning the title earlier and some of the matches he would go on to have. This now focused on just some of the amazing opponents that he's faced. You know, I mean, it's a real who's who. I mean, it includes the likes of Daniel Bryan, Edge, John Cena, Goldberg, uh, obviously Kevin Owens. Like it's it's a it's a healthy list of people that he's gone up against and defeated during these two years. So yeah, just an, another impressive little segment just to build excitement for what was coming later. Then we get the debut of Karrion Cross. Now, for anyone worried that Kinky Cross might return, um, I don't think anyone was, but uh, clearly not. It's uh, very much the same entrance as what we were getting from NXT. But uh, this one, no different, really. I mean, this one just... It's weird seeing it on the middle of the show on SmackDown. I, I kind of felt, I, I don't know that it hit me the same way that it did in NXT. And maybe it's because in NXT, it tended to be the main event. Uh, it was always, I don't know, a bit darker, a bit smaller, a bit more intimate. Here in an arena, it's just bigger. There's obviously a big crowd that's there. Um, I think more than that, I'm just used to it. I think more than that, it 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 wasn't. It, this was nothing I haven't seen before, and that's not a problem at all because there'll be plenty of people that haven't seen it. But it was just exactly the same as NXT. You know, Scarlett back to doing what she does. I really don't like her mouthing along to the song. That was a criticism I had of her in NXT. I just feel like like her being like standing in just in like stillness, just just being in the moment. I think it's so much more impactful than her like mouthing along to the song. So that would be something I would personally change, but it's nothing point, it's nothing. It's not an issue. It doesn't really make a big difference to the entrance, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. There was something about this. I don't know if maybe it was just because we were talking about Clash, it was a go home. I, I don't know. Just, I, I was not like, wow. I think it's probably because I've seen it before. I think it's that. I think it's because I've seen it before. It would have been nice if they'd have found a way of just tweaking or changing some or doing something that made you go, wow. But I think there would have been people that went, well, if you never saw it in NXT. So just a, a just an observation. This is obviously the first time we're seeing Carrion uh, on the main roster since he returned in a match. So... Um, Good. I mean, look, it's, it's not Kinky Cross. Let's put it that way. It's not Kinky Cross. What it was was a squash match. He uh, chokes out uh, Drew Gulak. What was different? This was different. Talking about some uh, things that were different. We didn't get it with the entrance, but we got it afterwards, right? This, look at this. I don't remember them ever doing this. Tying up someone in the ropes and leaving them as like a symbol of their dominance. I mean, it's very disrespectful. Not only have you beaten someone, but, you know, choked them out. When Drew Gulak comes back around, he's going to be, you know, in an arena full of people, 
tied in the ropes, maybe not even able to get himself out. Might need like an official to help him or something. Like it's it's embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, it's humbling. Not only have you been beaten, you've been embarrassed. You've been dragged over and tied up in the ropes as like a symbol to the rest of the locker room to not mess with Karrion Cross. I don't remember him doing that in NXT. That's something new. So you can bring new things into characters. You can introduce new little things uh, just to elevate them and keep things fresh. And uh, this was good. And I really like the visual as they're walking away. You just see him still slumped in the background. It's a little bit, I don't want to say religious, but I'm going to say religious because obviously his arms are out, his head is down. It's a little bit like crucifixion. Like he is tied in the ropes and uh, slumped down with his arms out and you've got, you know, uh, Carrion walking away. It was quite the visual, quite the visual. I don't know if many people will talk about it, but it did strike me. It definitely struck me. I liked it. Something else I liked, and this might have been the highlight of the show. Might have been the highlight. This was Rhonda and Adam Pierce. I really enjoyed this. Rhonda, when she goes out with a microphone, struggles. I think even she would admit that. When she has to go out there and carry the whole weight of a promo, all the nuances of bringing the emotion out, emphasizing certain things, interacting with the crowd. The crowd might be trying to get you to go down a road you don't want to go down. You have to stay real focused. If the crowd are chanting summer, you know, what do you say back to them? You're having to think on your feet, think in the moment. You're having to project as well, get your point across, make sure you're loud enough, hit your cues because, you know, someone's going to come out. Maybe you've got to say a certain thing to trigger them coming out. You can't afford to forget anything. You need to get your point across. There's things to think about. It's not as easy as just going out and doing it. Um and certainly if you're someone like Rhonda that's not got years and years of experience of doing that as well. So I think carrying the weight of that is really difficult for Rhonda. This lets her shine. This is how you do it. So you have a go out there and then you pretty much immediately bring out Adam Pierce. She wasn't out there very long without Adam. Adam came out and she was like, read this. So he gets this bit of paper and he starts reading it and uh, she can then bounce off him. She can bounce off his reactions. So uh, he's reading it and he doesn't read it out loud. She's like, out loud, Adam. Yeah. And like she can put a little bit of sass in and all of this. She can really like just be in the moment and really just bounce off someone. And she doesn't have to carry the whole weight of it. And this is such a better way to use her. This is like one of the best ways that we've seen Ronda get used when it comes to promos. Uh, there was loads here. I mean, um, uh, the arrest was uh, unwarranted. That's what this letter says. Uh, it's from the higher ups. It says that uh, basically her suspension is over. And uh, she's obviously, you know, how do you feel about that, Adam? And uh, like proper, like coming in with little digs and everything. And uh, it was good. It was fun. She, she doesn't nail it all. There's definitely parts in this that I thought were, you know, you could have been a bit tighter, but... It's way better than just shoving her out there with a the microphone. Adam Pierce has a bit of a meltdown, which was maybe a bit OTT. But he's like, uh, I carry two shows for 52 weeks of the year. This is absolutely absurd. Just to let you know, if I was in charge, you wouldn't have been suspended. You would have been fired. I don't think you're the baddest woman on the planet. I think you're the biggest beep on the planet. And uh, he proper went off, man. Kind of felt like he really lost his mind. Proper went off on one, and uh, maybe it was a bit of an overreaction, but uh, either way, Ronda ends up uh, grabbing him, taking him down, putting him in uh, like an arm crank, and, uh, you know, he's like screaming in pain. I don't know what comes of this, because, I mean, you can't go doing that to officials, but uh, Ronda made a really interesting point. She was like, do you really think the higher-ups are going to value your opinion over the most recognizable female athlete in all of sports. So uh, I don't know if that's a narrative they're going with where she won't suffer any punishment here because she's Ronda Rousey. I did feel like, you know, doing this to him was quite heelish, actually. Felt a bit heelish. I mean, in all fairness, he did swear at her and uh, talk quite derogatory to her. So uh, maybe there was a response required, but... 
listen, if, if someone says something nasty to you, you should, you know, if you want, you can walk away, be the bigger person, walk away. Or you could respond with words. If you're going to get physical, you are elevating the situation and you are in the wrong. I've got to say, you know, he didn't physically touch her, but she did physically touch him. And uh, I don't think you're allowed to do that. So I don't know. I don't know if there will be any more. Re- we might just go around in circles where she uh, attacks an official. She gets suspended. Higher ups then bring her back. Someone says something. She attacks them, gets suspended. Higher ups bring her back. And we might just do this for the next five years. Just constantly go <laughs> around in this circle. But um, yeah, look, overall, this was a, a great segment and I uh, really enjoyed it. As I said, one of the best uh, uses I've seen of uh, Ronda Rousey. But where we, well, I don't know what we're doing here. Is this it? Is she back now and that's the end of her little thing with Adam Pierce, Or is this going to be ongoing? Is Adam Pierce now going to have a vendetta against her? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, we went backstage to the master of ceremonies who got some black roses and uh, he's sniffing them. And he's like, oh. There's uh, not a nice aroma, uh, seemingly. And there's a card and he looks at the card and it says tick tock, obviously. Flowers from Carrion. Carrion just making his presence felt. So Carrion is around. We know that Carrion's around. We just don't quite know what Carrion's going to do. There's a lot of people thinking Carrion's going to get involved at Clash. And he might do. There's every chance he does. I certainly think Tyson Fury gets involved. But uh, we can get to that later on. Then uh, we went to our next match. This was uh, Hit Row. Uh, They were taking on maximum male models. There was a lot of skullduggery here, to be honest. This was what you would expect. I mean, we had Los Lotharios getting involved. After the match, we had Street Profits coming down. Uh, Basically, Hit Row get the victory. It's not much uh, in regards to a match and wrestling or whatever. I mean, there's not really too much to go crazy about here, but uh, it was what it was. Killed a bit of time. Uh, Hit row have a match. Maximum male models make their uh, debuts. And as we said, you know, there's other tag teams that got involved. If Vince was booking this show, I would imagine this would have immediately turned into an eight man tag because we had lost Letharios come down helping um, maximum male models. We got Street Profits come down helping Hit Row. It'd be one of those where we'd go to a commercial break and when we came back, it would have been an eight-man tag. Not not under Triple H's regime. So uh, I do applaud that. That's That was one of my favorite parts of this. The fact that it didn't become an eight-man tag. So uh, Then we got another match. Uh, Corbin came out, issued a challenge. It was answered by Nakamura. Um, Nakamura came down. We get a match between them and it is uh, a win for Nakamura. So Nakamura getting the victory. Again, not loads to this. There was nothing here that was really grabbing me or blowing my mind. It was just a lot of this felt like filler. It really did. It really felt like we need, we've got a show. We've got a taper show. We need to put Summer on TV. <sighs> what, what, what should we do? And uh, this is what we ended up with, basically. There was something really interesting after, though. And when I said earlier there was nothing major because this had been taped, it's hard to know how major this is, but uh, it could be pretty major if you are a Baron Corbin fan. And that is Corbin going out back. He's obviously lost again. I mean, he has taken L's every direction he turns. Proper down on his look. And uh, we see him backstage He walks out back and JBL's limo pulls up. Now, you hear a recording of JBL. You don't see JBL. I actually don't think JBL was even there. But what they did was they opened the door and they played JBL speaking to make it seem like he was there. Um, I can't remember exactly what he said. It was like, look at you. Come on, get inside. And uh, uh, he gets inside. Uh, Someone said that there was someone in the background during this as well. Again, I don't know how big of a talking point that's going to be, but it is true if you watch it back, the door to the production truck opens and then you see someone seemingly, they seem to like smoke. It, it felt to me like they went to, you know, smoke. I don't know if they were. Maybe they were on a phone. Someone steps out and like does something like either smoke or is on a phone. I, I, I don't think it's anything. I genuinely think it's probably someone from the production truck just coming out to either make a call or have a cigarette. I have no idea. 
there might be a no smoking area so maybe it was a phone call but i don't think it was anything more than that i'm only even mentioning it because i don't know how big of a talking point that will become you know how social media loves blowing things up so uh i went back and watched it and as i said you can't it certainly doesn't look like anyone to me um they come out of the production truck it's probably someone that works in there and it looks like they're smoking or making a call but the bigger thing here is that he gets inside the limo and they drive off now this is pretty major because if jbl is going to become his manager his mentor uh or something along those lines that could be really fun that could be really fun and uh, we've spoken about how Triple H loves using legends and how Triple H loves to involve legends and show legends. And we get video packages and we get some later as well. I mean, we get to see footage on this week's SmackDown of Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund, Pedro Morales. When was the last time we saw Pedro Morales in any form on WWE TV, even just a picture. Uh, but we got Pedro Morales, which was awesome. So, uh, I mean, you didn't get to see much. It was literally all of a second, but got to see him. They still acknowledged him, which is uh, wonderful. I love the fact we're not scared of the past, running away from the past, hiding the past. We're showing it off loud and proud. And uh, this is great. Look, a legend here with uh, Corbin, and we could get something out of this. So... I don't remember seeing this being spoiled, but saying that the live crowd wouldn't have... I don't think they would have seen this. This could have been something that was added into the show after. Uh, and they do that, actually, because around Christmas time, they do tend to tape a few shows. Um, they certainly uh, tape the UK ones. So when they're in the UK, that doesn't air live. And sometimes they can sprinkle in some backstage stuff as well. So, you know, this might have been seen, might not have been seen last week when it was recorded. Either way, I thought it was quite interesting. Next, uh, we've got Pete Dunne, but it's not Pete Dunne. It's Butch, but he's in his singlet. He's got his long hair. He's got his mouthpiece. This does not look like Butch. Doesn't look like Butch. It's a singlet. It does say Brawling Brutes. He is still Butch. But it is absolutely 100% steps in the right direction. This is the direction we want to go with Pete Dunne. We want the Pete Dunne name back. We want, we want the bruiser weight back. We've got the hair. We've got the singlet. We're starting to see him change. It'd be great if we can continue that change. Um, it's going to be interesting to see now, does he leave this kind of attire what do we do? Does he go back to, you know, wearing what he was wearing before? Uh, I have no idea. I would imagine he does. I would imagine he probably just wrestles in this. But when he's not wrestling, he probably wears what he normally wears. So, uh, and as we said, we've still got the Butch name. But um, I don't know. It'd be a great moment if somehow at Clash, we could find a way of turning him back into Pete Dunne. Like, I'm sure that the UK crowd would react very positively to that. If you're going to turn him... Back to Pete Dunn. Do it at Clash. Do it at Clash. There'd be uh, Anna Dawes, who's uh, a big supporter of the channel. She, uh, I was talking to her the other day, and she had a great idea. She was like, I want to see, I need to see Pete Dunn stepping up to Gunther. And I need it to be Pete Dunn. Not Butch. Pete Dunn. I wonder if there's a way during that match Gunther wins. And then Pete Dunn, like, you know, puts the mouthpiece in comes in and then maybe you know we get the the double fists you know like he was like constantly doing that as like um just a little mannerism it's a it's a pete i don't know if he does it as butch actually but like uh, he tended to put the title when he was uk champ in his mouth and then he would like put his arms up and put them next to his chin like imagine if he goes and steps up to gunther does that mannerism and we've got, I don't know, a singlet that says Pete Dunn on it instead of Butch. Oh, my God, it could be so good. So, uh, yeah, this was cool. So we got to see uh, Pete Dunn-ish um, kind of uh, attire. Uh, but he was still Butch. He gets the victory over Ludwig Kaiser here. Uh, no no chops to Ludwig Kaiser. Um, in all fairness, Gunther's got his mind on Seamus. Seamus jumps in the ring. Ludwig Kaiser stops Gunther from getting physical. I think Michael Cole made the point this is wise 
from Ludwig, you know, we're just, you know, hours away now from Clash at the Castle uh, kind of a thing. You know, we can't um, have these two come into blows right now. We can't jeopardize that match type thing. So uh, Ludwig keeping the two apart, but uh, this is going to be a real fun match um, and could steal the weekend, as I said earlier, really could steal the weekend. Uh, here we go, Bruno. So it was another Roman segment talking about how historic this title reign is. And it is historic. And uh, we got to see some of the other reigns that it compares to. We saw Hulk Hogan. We saw Bruno San Martino. Uh, we saw we saw loads, man. We saw loads of people um, throughout this uh, little video package. Pedro as well, as I said. Um, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, this reign is historic. We might be a few hours away from watching it end. Uh, I feel like Drew goes in as favourite. In my eyes, I actually don't know if his favourite with the book is, but I've got him winning. I think this UK show ends with UK. Go UK. Uh, I know there's a lot of people hoping for Bray. Um, I mean, there's definitely a chance of Bray. I, I wouldn't rule Bray out completely, but I think as we get closer, I just feel like Drew winning is how the show ends. Drew with the belts, the crowd going crazy, Pyro shooting up into the sky, Tyson Fury holding his arm in the air as, you know, the show goes off the air type thing. I really think it ends with a big feel-good UK moment. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that we're, I think we're getting ready to end it. We'll find out. I really want him to keep the Universal, but the moment this matches for both belts there was nothing on this show because there was people saying on smackdown we could make it clear that it's just for one belt there was nothing here that made it clear it's for one belt if it is going to be for one belt they're going to have to find a way of telling that story during clash or we've got breaking news on the kickoff show type thing because so far that match is still for both belts uh we did hear from tyson fury just talking about tyson fury tyson fury has put a little uh, video out on social media saying that he is going to be at Clash at the Castle. He will be ringside. Um, and I would have had him as flag bearer. I think it's a lovely little Easter egg and it calls back to uh, SummerSlam 92 when Lennox Lewis was the flag bearer. And I think that this would have been a lovely little callback to that. But um, instead, he's going to be ringside. And Triple H has even said, I'm going to put a camera on him because if he wants to get physical, that's up to him. So I, I think we all expect him to get physical. I don't think you have Tyson Fury there just to sit and watch. So I expect him to get physical. I totally think the honorary Oose is getting knocked out. Totally think the honorary Oose is getting knocked out. But um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm thinking if I if I had to predict exactly how it plays out i think it's going to be roman and drew having a great match back and forth i think sammy comes down tries to cost drew that forces tyson to jump over the barricade knock out uh sammy zane and then i think moments after claymore drew wins and Tyson jumps in and celebrates with Drew. And no turn. He doesn't attack him. Nothing like this. It's just them two in the ring. He's holding up Drew's arm. It would be good if Tyson slips out the ring then. Because really that is Drew's moment. So it would be good if Drew's in to hold his arm up. You know, here he is. He's done it. Um, and then slip out the ring. Go back to his seat kind of a thing. Back to his family, whatever as uh, Drew then gets that moment in the ring on his own. That's how I can see it ending. That's how I see it playing out. I don't think Usos are there, and we'll get to that later. And Solo Sokoa is a bit of a curveball, and so is Carrion. But I'm thinking Carrion won't get involved. I don't know why. I'm thinking he just he won't get involved. I think he's going to pick the bones as to whoever wins. I think he'll come after uh, Clash. And um, he could be either Roman's next opponent or Drew's uh, future opponent for Drew. Uh, I don't think he gets involved. But again, we'll have to see. It's all just guesswork, really, at this stage. Uh, then we got to our main event of the evening. We had uh, the Usos and Sammy in the ring again. Really fun. Uh, just uh, Sammy saying, you know, talking to Jimmy. 
uh, saying, you know, thank you so much for allowing me to do this. And he starts to do it and Jay interrupts and Jay starts going off. And uh, Sammy was like, I think I think Jay was like, you know, he's uh, the tribal chief. He's been head of the table now for over 700 days. And you had Sammy like preach just coming in with the odd words. Uh, it was a bit cringy, but it was meant to be cringy. And um, yeah, the dynamic between these guys is just so much fun. But uh, they introduce Roman. Uh, we go backstage and we see a vehicle arrive. Uh, Roman steps out, but then gets Claymored. Uh, he goes down on the ground. Um, he's not out. He's, I mean, like he goes down, he grabs his mouth and uh, we pan up and we see Drew. Drew leaves him, which I said at the time, like, is that it? One Claymore and he just leaves Roman. Like, I know he wants revenge on the bloodline because all the bloodline attacked him last week. I know that he wants revenge, but I felt like one Claymore to Roman was not really enough to keep Roman down in my mind. Like, it'll put him down. It won't keep him down. Uh, I felt like really Drew should have done a bit more here. I felt like Drew should have, yeah, walloped him with like a lead pipe or something to keep him down. I suppose, though, if he did that, that might have to play into clash but then saying that if roman was to go into clash not 100 percent, does that not make it even more interesting i think that makes it more interesting because of what happened on smackdown roman is not 100 percent now and i think that could have been even more interesting but one claymore is all we got here i really felt like we needed more but either way we go down to the ring uh drew we don't see roman again drew uh absolutely uh trashes uh the ring then he beats up the bloodline. Now, this to me is a bit of a problem because I, I, I made the observation on the watch along. Like for me, the Usos are a top 10 tag team in WWE history. I think if you talk about top 10 tag teams, I think the Usos is absolutely on, on that list. Um, and for them to just be like destroyed so easily by Drew... I just think it's a bit of a problem. I can understand Drew beating one of them, but I think to be able to beat both and then Sammy as well. Like he came down to the ring on his own and he beat and destroyed all three members of the bloodline. Um, and he'd obviously taken out Roman as well backstage and uh, trashes the ring. I mean, look, part of me thinks this is the sort of thing you probably should do to build him up. We're on the verge of clash. I get it. I just don't like seeing the Usos treated like J&J &J security. I just don't like the Usos being treated like the Singh brothers. You know, remember the Singh brothers who had just took all the bumps for Jinder when Jinder was champion? Um, I just feel like the Usos shouldn't be those guys. They just shouldn't be those guys. They shouldn't be, like, in that spot. Um, Sammy, take, you know, Sammy getting beaten up, absolutely fine. But, I don't know, seeing Drew beat up three people. And, you know, two of them are arguably the, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. The other is Sami Zayn, who, uh, you know, loves Sami. I get the role is in right now, but it's one of them, isn't it? it it's one. I, I get why they did it. I understand why they did it. I just don't like why they did it. I don't like seeing the Usos uh, treated that way. Uh, the other reason why they did it as well, and it was really um, a good point by the chat, was that uh, the Usos... Jimmy in particular has got so many DUIs, we don't know that they're even going to be allowed in the UK. I don't know where the UK stands on that, to be honest. I really don't know. I don't know what the rules are with letting people in that have got criminal records. I genuinely don't know. I know that it's an issue trying to get into Canada and it could be an issue trying to get into the UK. I genuinely, genuinely don't know. But um, it could be this is how the reason as to why they're not going to be there. They'll say there's no Usos, sadly, because, you know, of the actions of Drew McIntyre on SmackDown last night type thing. So we'll have to see. We'll see if they're there or not. I'm not expecting them, but they, they could have come in. I don't know what the rules are. So, uh, yeah, this might be how they explain the Usos not being around. So, you know, if they're not around, that's going to be uh, even harder for Roman. Usos have helped him out many times. So, And that was SmackDown. I thought it was eh, all right. I thought the Ronda moment was probably the best moment. I didn't feel that the Sammy thing kind of carried the show as much as it usually did. I think there was some throwaway matches. I think the first match was all right. It didn't blow my mind. There were some nice moments in it. Little gimmicky, but, uh, you know, it was what it was. I would say this was one of the weaker Triple H shows. 
But I think we all understand why it's not a criticism. Uh, I think we all understand why the focus is absolutely 100 million percent on tomorrow. So it's all about tomorrow. So there we go. Let's uh, go over and jump into uh, the chat. Uh, Rowan, Rowan Stark. Shout out to you, my friend. Really appreciate the support. Uh, let's see uh, what people are uh, talking about right now. Uh, they just want to make McIntyre look like a beast. Yeah, I, I understand it. I agree. Uh, Maka said, what time does Clash start? So I think it's uh, 1 p.m. UK. No, 1 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. UK time. So uh, we will be starting our watch along at least two hours before that because there is a kickoff show. So we will be doing all of the kickoff show. Of course, we're doing all of Clash, um, but we'll do the kickoff show. And listen, I want your thoughts. I want your thoughts. I want to I want to talk about all of those final rumors. I want to talk about all of that news that's on social media. Uh, we don't know what we're going to wake up to tomorrow. We don't know what news is circulating. There's been uh, bits and bobs said in interviews today and we covered a lot of that on uh, uh, during our watch along. Obviously, very interesting interview with Triple H and Ariel Hawani. And uh, as we said, we went through uh, that. So, yeah, I kind of feel like there's um, lots to that's going on, lots to talk about. And there'll undoubtedly be more tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be looking to start at least two hours before Clash. Uh, Sam said reports are saying that Ronda won't be at Clash. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, I wonder if when they originally taped the Drew Rager segment, him beating up Roman was longer, but they edited it down to help explain the Usos storyline. Maybe, maybe. The only thing was it was one kick and then he seemingly walks away. So uh, maybe it was edited. If it was edited, it was edited very well. I, I can't say I saw him like, you know, looking to go back to do more damage. I can't remember if it was all in one take. Like, you know, he claymores him, the camera pans up, we see Drew, and then Drew walks towards us. I don't know. They could have they could have done a few different alternatives, but either way, I just felt like it could have he could have done a little more. It's not the biggest issue. It's just, you know, as you're watching the show and you're thinking these things. It's just, just thought you could have done a bit more. Uh, John said, I wonder if when they originally... Oh, we've read that one. Uh, I like the carrier match, says uh, Legend Killer. Does Drew being on top at the end of the last SmackDown before Clash lower his chances? No. I don't think it does, to be honest. I I think that um, I would have agreed with that before, but live stood tall a couple of times going into money in the bank and i distinctly remember making that exact point saying that's got her lower her chances because usually if you stand tall you then aren't successful at uh, the pay-per-view but she wins at money in the bank and so i don't know how much we can read into that anymore so no i don't say I'm, i don't i don't think it's going to actually change anything I still think that, uh, you know, it ends go UK at the end of Clash. Uh, I tweeted you. Apparently, he's got some interest in for tomorrow, Sean Ross Sapp. Okay. Has he uh, said exactly what it is? Let's have a look. See, uh, might have a real interesting one for tomorrow. Uh, okay. I mean, there's a lot going on this weekend. Thank you, James, by the way. I always appreciate... Uh, uh, people sending me bits and bobs and uh, James always sending through lots of interesting things. So keep doing that. Keep saying, if you hear anything, any, I don't, I don't really mind what it is. I mean, like I see lots of rumors and things and uh, just, you know, filter it accordingly. But uh, yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of wrestling, so there's no guarantee that it'll be clash related. Could be something to do with AEW. Um, could be something to do with New Japan. Who knows? But uh That'll be interesting. We'll see what he's got for us tomorrow. Uh, Unbroken said, when does Sammy get a haircut like Owens? Uh, I don't know that there are any plans for that, but uh, certainly a lot of people are thinking that he and Owens would make a very good tag team. 
So uh, I think that a lot of people in their fantasy booking has got Sammy and Owens taking on the Usos in the future. And uh, that very much could be a direction that we're uh, going in. Uh, Drew was on both SmackDown. So he took the one tonight and the one last week. So I don't get how he did this. WWE is crazy. Drew was on both SmackDowns. He was on both SmackDowns, yes. Um, if Drew wins tomorrow, could that mean that he is dropping the title to Cody at WrestleMania? I think Cody does win the title next year. Um, so I would say that is definitely a chance that Drew could be the one that drops it. But I think if Cody's going to win the title, he really does need to win it from a heel. I think when Cody wins, you really do want the whole crowd to be behind him. So I think it's actually in WWE's benefit for him to beat a heel, not a face. So I wouldn't have him uh, win it from Drew unless Drew turns. Um, I actually would probably look to do Seth. I mean, don't forget Seth beat up Cody. Uh, Cody was hoping in storyline to make it back for money in the bank, but uh, he got beaten up by Seth. And so I think you could do uh, Cody beating Seth for the belt. It does mean that it's 4-0 Cody. That's the only downside because it's 3-0 Cody right now. But um, I think you do need it to be on a heel so that the whole crowd is definitely with Cody. If you do Cody and Drew, if Drew gets booked right, which I hope he does, Drew should be over with the crowd and then that will split people. And I don't think you want to split people when Cody first wins the title. Uh, do you think they're going to have Gunther beat Honky Tonk Man's records? Um, I think there's a good chance of it. I think Gunther is very credible. I don't think we need him at the top of the cards at the moment. He's still relatively new in all fairness. He hasn't been around all that long. So, yeah, I think there's a good, good chance that he could go on to have a, a very long title reign. Um, whether it's going to be a record-breaking uh, intercontinental title reign, I'm, I'm really not sure. But uh, I think there's a good chance of it. I think that um, this is a great way of getting him on TV, facing different people. Um, you know, Triple H just spoke about how he wants to bring prestige back to the Intercontinental title. In his interview with Ariel Hawani, he said, if I want the Intercontinental title to matter, I've got to make it matter. And I think hot-shotting it around does not make it matter. You need it to have a good champion and a good champ that uh, puts on great matches. And that is Gunther. So I think that he is going to keep it for a long time. Um, whether it's record breaking, I don't know, but uh, I think we're going to get close. Uh, John said, I know you might have not had time, but if you do go to Stonehenge, I only had one day in England and I was there years ago and I wish I'd have done that. I, uh, do you know what? I used to live in Southampton and Southampton is actually not that far from Stonehenge and I have never been to it. I've driven past it, but the road was quite far. It was one of those that you could see in the distance. You could see Stonehenge in the distance. So I've seen it with my eyes, but um, I've certainly never visited, like been to it. We've just kind of gone past it. Um so, yeah, I mean, I've been here now for, you know, 21 years and uh, I've never uh, been. It's one of those. I mean, like, it's, it's one of those. If you're into that kind of thing, then, you know, you'll love it. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's something that really grabs me. It's bad, isn't it, really? Because it is. I don't think it's a wonder of the world, but it's certainly something the world knows about. So I probably should go to it, seeing as it's in the country I was born and raised in. But, yeah, I've never been. Uh, I'm going to go tomorrow. I would love to have Butch batter Seamus after the match and then batter Ludwig before Gunther says, join me. Uh, I know what you're capable of, Pete. Uh, Bunker said Sunday, days will do a 10-hour stream, two-hour build-up, then uh, collide, and then all out. All out might be 10 hours on its own. Uh, it's crazy that Honky Tonk Man has a record. Mm, do you know, I don't, I don't actually know if he still has it or not. I can't remember if anyone did beat it, but uh, it's certainly there or thereabouts, yes. It was very famous uh, and ended, wasn't it, very quick by Ultimate Warrior. Uh, it, wasn't that a SummerSlam or something where Honky Tonk didn't know his opponent, Warrior's music hit, he comes running down, just beats him in all of like 30 seconds and ends this 
historic title reign. That is crazy. Crazy. So yeah, Gunther absolutely could be in uh, in, uh, in with breaking that. Brian said, how did the main event go down on SmackDown? Hashtag they beat our developmental. Uh, how did the main event go down? But the main event was that uh, Roman segment, which I thought was pretty good. It was all right. Drew coming down, beating, uh, you know, beating everyone up. It's I, I get it is what it needed to be. I just had a few little uh, criticisms. My main one, my biggest one being I don't like seeing the Usos treated that way. But anything involving Sammy is going to be fun, isn't it? So uh, I remember that says Unbroken. Uh, John Elite says, Days, do you think Carrion crossed Drew the title if he flies there? No. I, I, I think Drew wins. I, I'm really struggling to see Drew winning. I've said, I said, like, I think it was about four days ago now, the closer we get to Clash, the more I feel Drew wins and we don't see Bray. Um, I think Bray is coming back for Bray fans out there. I think he will return. I think he will come back. I just don't think it's going to be Clash. I don't think it's going to be Clash. Um, and I think that Drew's going to win. And we just keep seeing so much that makes me think that Drew's going to win. Um, you know, lots of emotional video packages doing the rounds. Lots of, um, you know, kind of cel a celebration for Roman's two years. Uh, could that be foreshadowing because it's about to end? Don't know. I just, I just think first UK show in 30 years, you know, really on paper, what better way to end it than have someone from the UK winning uh, the WWE championship? I mean, don't forget, we've we've only ever had Drew from the UK that's been WWE champion. I mean, we've been starved since WWE even began, going all the way back to the early 60s, nearly 60 years we uh, have only ever had Drew uh, go on to win the WWE Championship. And when he achieved it, there was no one there. No one to celebrate that moment. So what better way to celebrate a UK pay-per-view than having a, the U, a UK star winning the WWE title? I must admit, I wish, I really wish he had never won it at WrestleMania 36. I wish he'd never won it imagine if this was his first time because then we'd never have had a WWE champion and this would be the first time the UK would have had a WWE champion. So I wish he'd never won it before, but the story still works. He won it and there was no one there to celebrate with. And so here we go. He wins it again. So I'm very much, I'm very much there. Uh, John said, your experience with Stonehenge is kind of like my experience with Grand Canyon. I've been near it when I've gone to Arizona, but I've never gone there. Do you know, it's really weird, actually, because I sit here and say, I'm not really into that kind of thing. I, I wouldn't go to Stonehenge. But of course, I would absolutely go to the Grand Canyon. I think it's I think it's one of them, isn't it? If it's on your doorstep, maybe you just don't bother with it so much. Perhaps because I could go to Stonehenge really whenever I want. And uh, I don't. But like if I was in America, it'd be like, well, it's now or never, isn't it? When am I ever going to be here again? So I've got to, I've either got to do it now or I can't do it. So, yeah, I, I absolutely would go to the Grand Canyon. But I get it. If it was on my doorstep, maybe I, maybe I wouldn't. Um, I don't see Bray coming back, said Juice Tin. Are the Usos going to be in Cardiff? Don't think so. Don't think so. Stuttering Steve said, technically it'll be his first, his First, in front of a live crowd. Um, but, but I love Pete Dunn joining Gunther idea, says Arturo. Uh, imagine if Pete Dunn turns on Seamus, says uh, Joe. I just I just love it. I think I said during this review, like I'd love the idea. I love the idea of him getting in the ring and stepping up to Gunther and uh, him being in a Pete Dunn singlet with Pete Dunn written on it. Not Butch. Not stupid butch, but uh, Pete Dunn, that would be awesome. Uh, John said, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa aren't that far away, but I've not been to either state that many times, and I've lived in Minnesota for 41 years. Right, let's uh, have a look at uh, our results, shall we? We are uh, sneaking our way towards an hour already. Uh, we've had uh, a good, healthy number of responses, which is uh, great to see. 
And uh, it is going to be a 6.5 for this show. So seems like many of you felt the same, that this was maybe just a little bit below uh, what we've usually been getting. And that's fine. That's fine. You know, we've got other things on our mind at the moment. You know, we're less than 24 hours away from, well, actually, we're starting to get close to 12 hours away at the time of recording this to uh, Clash. So, uh, yeah, 6.5. I think that's very, very fair. Uh, New Day versus Viking Raiders was uh, my favorite part of the show. It was very good, very entertaining. Ronda, a badass. Love the Roman Reigns two-year celebration. Can't wait to go and see Clash at the Castle. Dale Wynn, have a great time. Uh, Viking versus New Day, fun match, and it was engaging. And Xavier going through two tables is a nice callback to when Kofi went through two tables and got injured by Nakamura and Cesaro. Uh, it's Edward. My favorite part of the show was watching live stream and seeing Rhonda on the show. Uh, I liked the different Roman Reigns video packages. I enjoyed Shayna Liv promo and I liked how Carrion put Drew uh, in the ropes, says Sam. I agree with that. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Carrion crosses true debut match. The Viking ship match and uh, Drew breaking up the two uh, Roman Reigns celebration. Uh, Drew standing tall, which means sometimes that they're going to lose at the pay-per-view. So let's go, Roman. Uh, cross and done. I'm sorry, Butch back in the old gear, respectively, and main event segment. Uh, just like Thunderdome, we have days to make everything better. Shout out to you. Carrying Cross's first match since he got released, says Hayden. Uh, Carrion and Drew uh, and the um, Peace, uh, Adam Pierce promo. Viking Raiders New Day was a good match. Lots of great spots. Sammy and Uso segment and McIntyre destroying the bloodline. Ronda cracking wise and Drew kicking Roman in the face. Lots of uh, people loving those, uh, that Drew uh, moment, the Ronda moment. Uh, least favorite part, Hit Row against uh, Maximum Male Models. Rest of the show was lackluster. Stroll to the exit to go near the castle go home show. Uh, why didn't Drew beat up Roman more? Saving it for Clash? Question mark. Uh, I can't believe Drew actually ruined Roman's two-year celebration. Roman deserved the celebration, says Hayden. Uh, main event was a dumpster fire. Liv promo was weak. Uh, she looked like a scared child staring at a bully. Uh, it was a go-home show that was pre-taped, so I didn't expect much, says Sam. For some reason, I expected solo Sokoa debut. So when he didn't show up, I was disappointed. Roman getting attacked is Pooh McIntyre, uh, says Edwards. Uh, Hit Row, not a fan because they're jobbers. Uh, they lost uh, tag team debut tonight. Uh, we still haven't sorted Butch to Pete Dunn thing, says Anna. No, we're getting closer. Viking match wasn't enjoyable. Neither is the feud. Nothing bad. Everything was just mid. Um, M and M losing to hit row. Uh, sad Aaliyah face emoji. Uh, once again, chatting with the community says Frenchie. Frenchie constantly puts chatting with the community as the worst part of the show. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, Jay disrespecting the honorary oos. Uh, nothing really stood out as overly negative. Uh, nothing much. Uh, show was good, not great. I think, uh, do you know what? I think all of this is fair. And then we've got a few more. A few more uh, maximum male model bits. So I completely agree. I completely agree. I think uh, nothing there that was terrible. Uh, maybe nothing that really shone. But uh, either way, it's all about tomorrow. Uh, Justin said, what if uh, Dunn turns on Seamus, forms British strong style with Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, assuming Bate loses to Breaker? Uh, we got uh, Trent Seven's been, you know, uh, removed from the company, hasn't he? I mean, they could always bring him back. I would love British Strong Style uh, to be on the main roster. I think that'd be uh, a lot of fun. I don't know we're going to go that way, um, but it would be uh, it would be cool. I mean, you could even do Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate as a bit of a tag team for a while, even if Trent wasn't involved. But um, you could have those two uh, tagging together. Whether they bring back Trent, I really, really don't know. It could be that they've just had to cut him because they've got nothing for him right now and they bring him back for NXT Europe. 
but they just don't want to have to pay. Well, because apparently, like, you know, NXT Europe Inc. is not starting until 2023, and we don't know at what point. It could be the end of 2023, so don't want to have to pay a load of people if you're not going to use them. So, yeah, I mean, look, he could come back. I I really wouldn't be expecting it to be on the main roster, but could do. Uh, UK has got nothing against DUIs, so it's likely got something to do with Jimmy's tattoo. I don't know, said Mr. DXZ. Um, but, but, but they had Gunther deliver chops for failure. I could see him wanting done, says Arturo. Right, there we go. We are done. We are done. It's uh, go home in the bag. It's time to uh, turn our attention to Clash. So uh, I'm going to go and start getting ready for that. Don't forget when Clash is live, we will be live. We are going to do a post-show review as well. So even if you are at the stadium or um, if you are just watching it and you're not watching YouTube uh, and you want to see what people are thinking, we will be doing that post-show review. We'll get uh, people's thoughts. I reckon there's a really good chance we could get more responses for that than we've had ever before. So uh, big post-show coming tomorrow. Very excited. I'm excited about the whole stream. I'm excited about uh, Clash. I'm excited about the review. Lots to look forward to. The biggest show in 30 years in UK history. And uh, we are around about 12 hours away from it. So we uh, we can afford to start getting excited. So, yeah, awesome. If you go in, have a great time. Have a great time. Uh, I hope you really do uh, enjoy it. And uh, I will see you all tomorrow. Bye for now.